You're listening to Build, Launch, Scale. The podcast for people focused on using technology to bring products to life. Each week, we'll dive into a specific topic within product management and hear from some of the best product people around. The goal? To help you find some inspiration, learn a few new tricks, and ultimately, build, launch, and scale better products. Build, Launch, Scale is a production of Product Collective, a community for product people and the organizers of Industry the Product Conference, where product people from all over the world gather every fall. For Product Collective, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Build, Launch, Scale. It was Benjamin Franklin that once said, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Yet, Dwight Eisenhower also said, in preparing for battle, I've always found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. And I think it was Mike Tyson that said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Okay, why am I reciting quotes from past presidents and Iron Mike about planning? Well, it's simple. This week's episode of Build Launch Scale is all about the type of planning that product people are asked to do every single year for their products and companies. Product planning, specifically building the product roadmap. And believe it or not, all three of those quotes, while they might even seem in conflict a little bit with each other, they're all actually reaffirmed by this week's guest, Andrea Sayas, head of customer success at ProdPad. Andrea and the rest of the team at ProdPad know a thing or two about roadmaps. In fact, they've all dedicated their careers to creating a platform that allows product people to make roadmaps work for them. I was especially looking forward to my chat with Andrea as I've been responsible for bringing roadmaps to life for several companies in the past. And every single time, I always kept asking myself, am I doing this right? Should a roadmap be a promise? Should it include hard dates? What if we found out later on that something we put in the roadmap, it didn't make sense anymore? I actually had lots of questions for Andrea, but I thought it might make the most sense to start with the simplest. What is a roadmap? A roadmap is a flexible plan of goals you aim to achieve. I think every product manager knows that. And you do need to leave room for plans to change and, and plans to, you know, things pop up and change and you have to adjust. Our roadmap, at least, is uh, it's almost like working with post-its um, and it leaves room for you to be able to drag and drop things around and, you know, adjust, adjust your plans and your priorities and upcoming changes and things like that. And I think that's pretty standard. Every product manager knows um, to a certain level how it's meant to work. But what a roadmap is not, is it's not a set plan. It really makes me laugh when people uh, put out these tweets and blogs without naming names. Hey, here's a roadmap for great email content. That's a roadmap. It's it's a plan. It, those are steps to follow. Those are best practices, but it is not a roadmap. By giving someone a detailed plan, you're not exactly re- leaving room for that flexibility, which is what a roadmap is meant to provide. So a roadmap isn't a plan, but it's the product of planning. Now, I'm not sure if you caught it, but Andrea referenced her roadmap, the ProdPad roadmap. I actually asked if she could let me see it, just so I could see a living example of her definition of a roadmap. And to my surprise, she said yes. In fact, anybody can. ProdPad keeps a public roadmap for their customers and really anyone to see. In fact, if you go to bit.ly slash prodpadroadmap, you could see it yourself. Andrea talks more about ProdPad's decision to publicly share their roadmap. 
we may be the only vendor that actually has their roadmap online. Having a roadmap, we, we, it's a communication document, like I said, and you should be able to communicate that with your clients. And we haven't had any drawbacks regarding that. Uh, if anything, it's helped us have better conversations with our clients. Uh, and I think this is mostly due to the fact that our roadmap doesn't have any dates, but instead we talk about problems that we're going to solve. And um, it just provides a better platform for a conversation at the end of the day, because if you just have a list of stuff, what are you really communicating? Well, this is just stuff that we maybe sort of plan on doing as opposed to here are the problems that we're going to solve for you. We're not building ProdPad for us. We're building ProdPad for other people. We're building ProdPad for you. So it only makes sense to have that communication and have that platform to be able to talk about the things that we're going to do. Um, and I often find myself sharing uh, a roadmap during demos and conversations that I have with people. And, and it's just gotten us really positive responses and more and more people are really opening up themselves to, uh, to doing the same thing. Now, it definitely takes guts to make your roadmap publicly available for customers and anyone else to see. So kudos to ProdPad for walking the walk. But I had to make sure that I was listening right. Did Andrea say that her roadmap doesn't include hard dates? I've reported to enough CEOs and have been involved in enough board meetings to know that dates missing from a roadmap, that could sometimes cause an executive to look at you sideways. I asked Andrea a little bit more about this. Is it true that she thought that dates shouldn't be on a roadmap? If you present someone a roadmap with tunnel vision without that room for flexibility or room for error, then they expect you to stick to that plan because that's all that they know. That is the plan that you presented, so that is the plan that you have to follow. Uh, you're essentially, um, I like to say, you're presenting your own eulogy <laughs> because you it's just not going to happen and you know that it's not going to happen. They know that it's not going to happen, but you're screwed because that's what you gave them. Uh, instead, if you present a plan that is flexible and you actually show them what's happening beyond those hard set dates and beyond those time frames, then it actually opens up room for communication and understanding and also forgiveness. And they understand the scope of the project, they understand other priorities, and they see beyond that tunnel vision. So it makes it more acceptable to not have those hard set dates because you're showing them so much more of that picture um, and of that roadmap. A roadmap that's flexible and doesn't have dates? Actually, this makes a ton of sense. As priorities can shift and change, Flexibility, that's key, as what might have made sense for the product last November might be completely invalid today. Andrea talks a little bit more about how this flexibility is so important for roadmaps. The whole point behind a product roadmap is that it is fluid. It's most certainly not a set thing. So you should have flexibility over changing priorities. Ours is divided into three columns. Uh, we like to call them time horizons, and it's called current, near term, and future. Nothing ever gets into the current term without it being approved by our CPO and CEO. So they've done the research. This is on right now. But moving forward, though, priorities will change. And that's OK, because we are leaving room for those kind of situations. Okay, so thus far, roadmaps are communication documents that shouldn't have hard dates associated with what gets built, but should be flexible enough to adapt and change as needed. I totally get it. But what else? What other elements are important? Is there a specific format of a roadmap that's important to follow? Don't worry so much about the formats. Um, worry about the roadmap being understandable. A roadmap is meant to communicate what it is that you're doing and why without it being overly complicated so that everyone from your marketing team to your support team to your developers, even your clients are able to look at this thing and understand what it is that you're talking about. 
So it should definitely include things like what you're doing, like I said, why you're doing it, why it's beneficial to solve these problems. And now while I'm, I'm always talking about not having any dates, that doesn't mean that you can't include some sort of time progression. Um, and like I said earlier, we call that current near term future, which are time horizons. Some people like to say, you know, this is four to six months, this is six to 12 months, and this is, you know, 12 months and beyond or whatever. And that's okay too. You're still not providing hard set dates and you're not committing to anything, but you're still have this concept of, of your time horizons and time progression. So, you know, if I'm a client and I look at what you're doing now and what may be prioritized later, then at least I know, okay, well, these are all the things that are happening now. And this may take anywhere from one to two months, but at least I'm prepared for the changes that are coming. And that applies also to your marketing team. Um, you can still get them involved announcing those things and, and getting ready for these new things to come out. And you still give them that concept of how these things are moving forwards in time for them so that they get ready. All of this, it makes sense to me. And I bet that you're nodding your head too. But again, we all have people to report to. CEOs, boards of directors, having a roadmap that's ultra flexible without any hard dates, that might be a new thing to them. So how can we best sell this up? How can we best explain that this actually is the best way to create a roadmap that works for us? Andrea had some specific advice on this front. The best way to get started is start with one product. Don't just you know try to roll this out because they're not used to that, but start with something small and prove, prove to them that this is what needs to be done. And as you, you know, start releasing things and start getting things out there and start meeting those objectives and you're able to talk about you know, your current roadmap based on the things that you've already done, that's sort of going to give them a little bit more confidence that, that this is the way to go. So a lot of people, I think, get a little bit scared when they go, oh, but I have to change everything or they're not used to it. And sort of like introducing new foods to a baby, do it slowly, <laughs> do it slowly and do it with love. And, you know, take that you have to handhold them for a little while. And then once they start seeing the benefits, then start introducing more and more. As a father of two young kids, I really like Andrew's analogy. But if the executives are the babies, okay, maybe I love Andrea's analogy, but who else in the family should be involved in the process? Andrea talks about who we should all involve in the process when we're creating these roadmaps. And how do we start that process? There's two places where I like to start. The first is have a chat with all the uh, team leaders and ask them what they think the product does. And that is an awesome practice to be able to, to see if everybody actually understands the vision and direction of the product. Uh, and I remember doing this with a company that I started a while ago, and I sat down in a conference room with the CEO and the product manager, and I asked the CEO what the product did. He explained it to me, and then he's like, oh, I got to go to another meeting. So he steps out. The second he shuts the door, the product manager goes, that's not what the product does. <laughs> Like, absolutely not. He has no idea what he's talking about. So the first thing is to really get everybody to, to tell you what they think it does and then get everybody on the same page. When it comes to actually creating the roadmap, there's a little game that's called the product tree game that, that people can use. It was created by Innovation Games. And this game allows you to gather input from your entire team about which things they think should be prioritized in the roadmap. So it's not just you that's making the decisions, but you kind of get everybody involved. And the way it works is you get team members from different teams to, uh, to kind of jump in. So, you know, grab a couple of people from sales and marketing and product and dev and support and whatnot. And over an afternoon, give them a bunch of post-it notes, draw a tree on a whiteboard, and then ask each person to write down the features that they think should be prioritized and place them on a tree. Now, the trunk of the tree would be the things that should be prioritized first. 
And then as the branches start expanding, you know, the further it is on the branch, then the less important that that feature is. But where it's going, uh, where this is going to lead towards eventually is not everything can go on the trunk of the tree. So people are going to have to start compromising and having conversations and discussing and then saying, oh, well, you know, maybe if we all agree that this thing is more important than something that's already in the trunk, then which things can we move out of there? And how do we prioritize this? So it gets them all to think with this product mindset of prioritization. And and it's not just about saying, well, I think this is more important, but actually talking to other people and understanding that maybe as a whole, the product actually has other priorities than what you think should be prioritized. I have to admit, I'd never heard of the product tree game, but it's something I'm going to dig more into. But I let Andrea know that I like the idea of getting all these groups involved especially groups that interact with customers all the time. Customer success, marketing, salespeople. And okay, some of you might be groaning when I said salespeople. But you should know, I actually was on that side of the business at one time in my career. Salespeople, they're people too. And actually, Andrea has somewhat of a soft spot for this group. Salespeople. Everybody tends to hate salespeople and they get this really bad rap about promising things that they shouldn't be promising. But a lot of it is based on the fact that they have an incorrect version of a roadmap or they don't have a roadmap. And so they have no basis of communication. They have no platform to communicate anything. So they'll just be like, yeah, sure, we can do that for you. Because they don't understand what the product team is working on. If you provide your sales team with a roadmap that makes sense, they understand what it is that you're working on right now, and they understand what's coming up after that, then that actually leaves room for them to be able to talk about those things and not just randomly say, yeah, sure, we can do that for you. They can actually understand what it is that you're going to solve and say, you know what, that is actually on a roadmap. It's in the future column, but look at all these other things that we're working on before that. And clients are actually going to go, oh, hey, that that actually makes sense. Again, like I said, it's about having that communication and, and, and that availability to be able to show off everything that is part of, of your vision as a product. And so see, salespeople, they're not that bad after all. Andrea Sayez says so. I actually really enjoyed the chat with Andrea, but I'm sure that I didn't get to ask every question that was on your mind about roadmaps. So if there's anything that I didn't ask, feel free to reach out to Andrea on Twitter at at Drea Sayez. That's at D-R-E-A-S-A-E-Z. You could find some of her writing on Medium using the same handle, too. And definitely check out ProdPad. It could be a useful platform, but they share a lot of great content about roadmapping and product management in general. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's conversation. And if you did, it would be awesome if you could head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from and give it a five-star rating. That kind of thing helps us a ton. It'd also be great if you could just let your friends know about the podcast since it is relatively new. For Product Collective, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Build, Launch, Scale.